G'day everyone. How's everyone going? How's everyone feeling? I hope you're feeling good. Uh, I'm feeling good. Weather's getting uh, pretty nice here in Perth. Um, although it's like, it's in that taunting phase where it'll be a nice, warm, sunny day. But for some reason, as soon as you're in the shade, it's like bloody freezing cold. And then at night, it's dropping down hell cold. So it's it's hell annoying. Like I'm waking up in the morning with my um, UGG boots on and like a hoodie. And I even had the heater on this morning. And then um, it's going to be a 25 degree day. Celsius, that is. So it's going to be a really nice day. But it's just those bloody nights and mornings. Ugh. And I'm, I get up early. You know, I was up at like 4am this morning. Um, that's just me. But anyway. What does Thorn's Jungle have in store for you today what's lurking in this deep dark forest of doom or something well this episode is about a jungle creature an aquatic jungle creature so not only are there mysterious macabre weird animals lurking around the uh, land of Thorn's Jungle, but also the water. You're just, you're just not safe in Thorn's Jungle. Like, period. You're done. Only the strong survive in Thorn's Jungle. Anyway, straight off the bat, if uh, anyone hasn't already, please subscribe or follow to Thorn's Jungle and uh, give it a rating because it really helps. And if anyone's hanging out for some signature Adam Thorne leather thigh pouches like I wear in Kings of Pain they will be ready very soon um, they're getting all branded and stuff with the Biothorn logo etc so they're going to look bloody dope um, and yeah they should be all good to go within the next few days so I know so many people have been wanting them and they've been sold out for the last month or so but they will be ready shortly. Okay, so... Yeah, you're gonna be rocking an Adam Thorne signature leather thigh pouch very soon. Alrighty, so first up we have a listener question. And let's get straight into that. Hey Adam, um, it's a weird like animal story anecdote for your podcast. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the fable of milk suckling reptiles. Um, when I was in Pakistan last time, I heard about apparently these like monitor lizards like latch onto cows and like suck their milk or their blood or something. And obviously I know it's not true, but I was just wondering if you ever heard of that in any other cultures or places you've been to. Yeah, great question, Salma. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, I have heard of this quite a few times with quite a few different animals. Um, anywhere from like snakes, lizards, toads, badgers, hedgehogs. Uh, there's all this folklore that these animals will go into barns and suck the udders of the cows to get the milk. In fact, in North America, there's a milk snake. Um, it's a type of king snake and it's named the milk snake because it's commonly found in barns and the farmers would find them in there and say, hey, it must be 
sucking the milk out of the cow's udder when in fact it's just in there after the rodents that are commonly found in barns uh, but in uh, I believe in Europe it's like a super common folklore thing that the snakes do that and it's not really a folklore there it's well it is but to them it happens it's real it in in their mind it's like just another behavior of the animal They're like oh yeah of course it would but yeah it does that and people have claimed they've seen animals hanging off the udders of the cows like the snakes hanging off the udders etc um but there's absolutely no evidence that snakes or reptiles and amphibians do this in fact i don't believe a snake is even capable of doing that like getting an udder a teat in its mouth and sucking like if you're sucking through a straw or something you kind of need to you need to have like fleshy cheeks you know to really get that sucking motion i don't think snakes would be capable of doing that now if you ever see a snake drinking then they're definitely sucking water up but their mouth isn't open like fully around the udder of a cow like fully open sucking um i just i just can't see that happening and if it's a monitor lizard doing it then holy crap that cow having monitor lizard latching onto your udder that monitor lizard would be stomped into the ground in two seconds flat <laughs> monitor lizards have powerful jaws and a lot of them have very sharp teeth and even with snakes all snakes have teeth right so if one of them's like chewing on an udder the cow is gonna feel that okay it's gonna absolutely kick the crap out of out of that snake or lizard um now it could stem from like uh cows walking through grass and things like rattlesnakes biting them on the udders because the udders obviously hanging down and farmers finding like fang marks or something on the udders and they're saying oh it must have been after the milk but there's absolutely no evidence that this happens it's purely folklorish but um yeah i've definitely heard a bunch of times in a bunch of different countries it's definitely one of them folklore things that is just spreads worldwide uh and it's interesting but yeah i'm very skeptical about it <laughs> thanks for sending that in and if anyone else has a question cool animal story topic send them in send in a voice recording send in an email anything i want to hear them and not next week but the week after i'm going to be doing a halloween special so i'm looking for creepy stories creepy topics anything creepy send it in all right cool all right now you may have seen the title of this episode a walk among the thomas stomers now that's a hell witty play on the uh, movie a walk among the tombstones with liam neeson and and by the way what's with liam neeson and pissing his pants all the time if anyone doesn't know about this just google it is there something with liam neeson and in multiple photos of him coming out of bars there's like obvious wet patches around his crutch like I th he must just be the guy that just gets drunk and just pees himself and has no shame he doesn't care he's out there walking around with it and they're not just like little trickles or like little drops that men get 
from shaking too vigorously after they urinate. This is like, he sat there and peed for like a full bladder's worth of pee. Anyway, moving along. The Thomas Stoma. The false gharial. Now this is my favourite crocodilian false gharials. And I, I don't like the fact that they're called false gharials because it kind of alludes to the fact that they're like pretending to be a real gharial and they're just not quite there, you know? Like they're the lesser of the gharial. And I don't like that. And I mean, some people do call them Thomas Stomas, uh, which is their genus name. Uh, their name is, uh, what is it? Thomas Stoma Schlegelleri? Something like that. But, you know, for the sake of it, most people know them as false gharials. That's what I'm going to call them. And they are, in my opinion, they epitomize like the ultimate jungle crocodilian because they are found in jungles and uh, big wetland areas and they, like, just looking at them, they look like the jungle. Like, the colours of them and the patterns. They're just really cool crocodilians. And if you haven't seen what one looks like, after this, just, just Google it and you'll, you'll get what I mean. Um, they're found in, like, the Sunda region. So, like, Borneo, Sumatra, Peninsula, Malaysia, Java. And they're a very elusive crocodilian right and i'm sure a lot of you will know what a gharial looks like like they're found in you know throughout india and things like that they have the super long thin snout and the uh sort of long thin teeth uh used for catching fish uh false gharial I, I, like in to me they don't resemble gharial at all i mean Yes, they have a slender snout, but there are freshwater crocodiles in Australia that I think their snouts resemble the false gharials more than actually what a real gharials does. Like our uh, Johnston's crocodiles, which are our freshies. Um, and I, I just, yeah. And gharials have a mat, like once they reach a certain age, and I think it's just the males, they get this big... Uh, growth on their nose at the end of their snouts called a gara which in Hindi means mud pot the false uh, false gharials don't get that Um, but the reason I wanted to do this episode was because I found it very interesting Uh, false gharial now attacking and even killing people at a rate that is just previously unheard of. So I wanted to get into that. Why are people all of a sudden being attacked by these false gharial and eaten as well? Like, a good portion of these people getting attacked are being eaten. Why now, when previously it's been basically unheard of? Now, to give you some context on... uh, what a false gharial is probably capable of, they are enormous. They are amongst the longest crocodilians that still exist today. In fact, the longest skull of any extant crocodilian, so a crocodilian that still exists today, was from a false gharial. It was bigger than any saltwater crocodile, which is the um, known to be the largest crocodilian to still exist. 
and this skull measured 84 centimeters, so 33 inches in length. I mean, that's longer than any saltwater crocodile, which is believed to be the largest crocodilian that still exists. Um, and with crocodilian skulls, you can figure out uh, the total body length uh, using a certain formula. Now, they didn't have the rest of the body, only the skull of this false gharial, uh, but using that formula, they figured out that when this false gharial was alive, it would have been about 6.1 meters long. So, you know, 18, 20 feet long. That, that is insane. Um, saltwater crocodiles in Australia, you know, they can get five, six meters long. Uh, but it's just crazy that the false gharial, which a lot of people don't actually really know much about, uh, gets to similar sizes. Now, it wouldn't get as heavy as a saltwater crocodile. A saltwater crocodile of that length would probably weigh double what the false gharial weighs. Uh, but still, that is a bloody enormous crocodilian. And the longest crocodilian ever measured reliably uh, ever was Lolong um, from the Philippines. Uh, he was a saltwater crocodile and he measured 6.17 meters. So this false gharial was basically the same length as the longest crocodile ever accurately measured. And that's in the Guinness Book of Records. So, I mean, it's, it's probably safe to say that there would have been individuals that got longer than the one that this skull belonged to. But in saying that, there's probably saltwater crocodiles that were or are longer than Lolong. So there's like this competition between these two crocodilians of who's the longest crocodilian in the world, right? And I mean, even actual gharials get <laughs> not far off that length. They can get pretty damn long as well. Um, now, a false gharial, they tend to unlike saltwater crocodiles, they tend to be quite, you know, evasive from humans. They don't want to be anywhere near humans. Big saltwater crocodiles obviously will want to avoid humans, but humans are absolutely on the menu for saltwater crocodiles. They don't discriminate. They will just eat you. They don't care. False gharials before 2008 there was no records of a false gharial ever consuming a human being. Then in 2008, a false gharial in Kalimantan, which is in Borneo, uh, that measured nearly five meters long, uh, it killed and ate a fisherman. And they cut it open and found his remains inside that false gharial. So this was like the first accurately reported account of a false gharial consuming a human. Now, it's probably happened in the past. In fact, I can guarantee it's happened in the past and just gone unreported. Like a lot of shark attacks, things like that in remote areas, they, they just go unreported. And Kalimantan's a very large, dense jungle. Um, where these false gharial are found is quite isolated. 
So people getting attacked or eaten, they're not going to go out of their way to travel out of that jungle into the city just to report it. It's just another hazard of, of the jungle. So of, of course it's happened before, but now it just seems like there are more and more accounts, reliable accounts, of this, uh, these things happening. And nobody's really sure why. And there are a few theories going around. And it's not just happening in Borneo, it's happening in Sumatra, uh, more so than anywhere else where the false Gariel's found. Sumatra is getting pounded by him. The reports are just like multiplying each year. And there was an actual study done by um, by the government and uh, forestry officials as to whether or not uh, these attacks could be directly linked to false gharials. Because in some of these habitats, false gharials actually share the area with uh, saltwater crocodiles, which we do know kill and consume humans. Um, they looked at uh, media reports and talked to local authorities uh, to gather information as to whether or not, you know, how many of these attacks were, you know, were false Gariel responsible for. And I'll read some of this study to you because it's pretty damn interesting. And I never knew that uh, they could correlate so many of these attacks to false Gariel. I knew of a few, but there's actually way more than I thought. From January 2010 to December 2019, we recorded 31 attacks resulting in 10 deaths. That's a fatality rate of 32.3%, for which a Thomas Stoma slash false Gariel was either confirmed to have been involved or was deemed to be the most likely culprit. They found all attacks to be reported from either Kalimantan which is the Indonesian part of Borneo, or the island of Sumatra in Indonesia, specifically the provinces of central Kalimantan, Jambi, and West Sumatra. I actually just got back from West Sumatra, and I was pretty damn close to the Jambi region, but we were too high up uh, in the jungle to come across any false garial. All right. Most attacks and deaths were reported from Sumatra, 83.9 to 90% respectively with the highest proportion being reported from the Jambi province. 48.4 uh, to 60% were reported in the Jambi province. Other attack locations included the Rokan River Basin in Rao, 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 and the Mentaya River Basin in central Kalimantan. 64.5% of attacks and all deaths were reported from the three-year period from 2016 through to 2018. There were no attacks in 2019, and one attack each was reported during 2010, 11, 2012, and 2014. All right, so it seems like there was just this like massive bout of false garial attacks within those few years, then none in 2019, and that's when this study concluded. Um, who knows, maybe they uh, they finished the uh, study in like early 2019. 
All right. The period from November to April had the highest proportion of fatal attacks. At least 44.4% of victims were fully submerged in the water at the time of the attack. Most of the victims were male, and within the 31 to 40-year-old age group. The authors noted that there is no evidence in most cases to indicate that saltwater crocodiles were present in that area. Okay, so... Like... There's no mistaking it. These attacks were by false Gariel. And isn't that just crazy that like 10 people over these years were killed and over 30 people attacked. But before 2008, there was no reports of anybody being killed by a false Gariel. And... If you look at a false gharial, a big one is certainly capable of taking out a human. Absolutely. But their jaws, they look more accustomed to eating smaller prey like like fish. You know, having that long narrow snout with the uh, sort of needle type sharp teeth. That's perfect for catching fish. And actual gharial that are in India and Nepal and um, Myanmar. Uh, they are fish eaters. Like the ma- the majority of their diet is fish, and those teeth and jaws are just perfect fish traps. Now the false gharials' jaws aren't as slender, um, so it, that would indicate they have a more diverse diet, which they do. They'll eat small, you know, medium-sized mammals, things like that. Um, but looking at a false gharial's jaws compared to a saltwater crocodile's jaws, you can just tell the saltwater crocodile is just so accustomed to catching big prey and just absolutely breaking it into pieces. You know, they death roll and break bits off and swallow it. The false gharial, it, it doesn't look as capable of doing that, but it absolutely is. If it is eating a human being uh, to the point where they're finding human remains inside the stomach, that means they are swallowing parts of the human. It's obviously breaking people up into pieces and eating them. And a lot of crocodilians will catch their prey, then sort of wedge it under a, under some roots or something underwater or just let it rot so it's easier to break up. Maybe that's what the uh, false gharial is doing. Maybe it's doing that to a more extreme uh, degree where you know it's letting it rot more so it's easier to, to break up but anyway a, a five meter false gharial it really doesn't need to do that to pull an arm off a person or break a person up the power that animal would have would just be it's outrageously powerful Let, let's just put it there but why is why are these happening and it's the it's the tale that has been told for years now and it's becoming more and more uh, evident that human encroachment onto animals' territories will cause human-animal conflicts. It's just going to happen more and more. And a lot of these people that have been eaten or attacked by these false gharial are either gold miners or they're fishermen or they work in rubber, the rubber uh, plantations. 
So they're out in the jungle working and deforestation of the jungles will force uh, animals closer and closer to people. Where are they supposed to go? The animals aren't coming closer to people. The people are coming closer to the animals. And this is what happens. And this is going to happen more and more, not just with false gharial, but with all animals. You destroy their habitat, you know, they're going to be closer to people. People are moving into their territory. It's as simple as that. And what what's also interesting is none of these attacks happened on shore. So people were in the water, either fully submerged or partially submerged when they got attacked. Um, now, saltwater crocodiles, they are ambush predators. So they will sneak up to an animal, uh, often on the shore, and then lunge out of the water, grab the animal and drag it back into the water. These false gharial are attacking while in the water. And for crocodilians... Um, an attack underwater isn't as preferable as a land ambush because when, when crocodilians are underwater they have these nictitating lenses which go over their eyes to, uh, pretty much like goggles but it also makes it kind of foggy so they're not that great at attacking underwater but I'm sure these false gharial were on top of the water looking right at the person while they were in the water and that is yeah, that's a death sentence. Um, <laughs> it's not ideal. And I will tell you this story uh, with a false gharial that happened to me. Um, it's, it's very strange, and I'll get to why it's strange afterwards, but I was by myself on Peninsula Malaysia, Peninsula Malaysia in the jungle. Um, I was out there just camping by myself, and... I went for a swim in the river, as you do. Um, and I decided I wanted to get a photo of myself swimming in the river. So I got, you know, one of them Gorillapod things. I attached it to a tree and put the sort of timer on my camera. Then I got into the water, swam out. Yeah, 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 this is nice. Got back out, you know, dried myself up. Then I looked at the photo and I'm like, what the hell? is that behind me and behind me is what looks unmistakably like a bloody crocodilian <laughs> you can see like the little eye turrets and the nose like the snout and it's probably only a few feet behind me and i'm like wait is that a log or something so i looked back out and there was nothing else in the water there was nothing sticking out of the water that would make that shape and I remember just the dread overcoming me like was I just swimming right next to a false gharial because where I was um, there's no saltwater crocodiles there's no records of saltwater crocodiles but there's also not really any records of false gharial there's records very close to that area um, but not that sort of exact area but and I was looking at the range of false gharials and it didn't quite extend into that area but in saying that this river like 
where it the mouth of it is and how long this river is, it passed straight through the range of the false garials. So all a false garial need to do is just cruise on down the river. And bang, it's in a new range that it's never been recorded in. So I I am reluctant to tell people that it is a false garial, but there was nothing else in that river it could have been. It wasn't a log, it wasn't anything. There was something alive cruising behind me as I got that photo. And that just goes to show how easily hidden these crocodilians can remain. You just don't see them. You don't see them. And this was like a fairly clear river. And you can see the bottom of this river, but looking at the false garials patterns and colors it blends in so well with the uh with the leaf litter at the bottom of these rivers and the tannins and stuff it is just remarkable the camouflage and if you look at these uh false garial they look like the typical camo army color and almost similar patterns as well so being a fisherman you know wading in a river or being a gold miner just crossing the river, you just would not see this thing coming until it's already got a hold of you. And a four or five meter false gyreal grabbing a hold of you, your chances of survival are slim to none. Um, not many people survive attacks from large crocodilians. It, it just it happens very rarely. Um, smaller crocodilians will bite you. They'll give you a nip for sure. Hell, even gyreal uh, do. They could A gyreal could not consume a human I don't think uh, they just don't have the the jaws for it but they'll certainly bite someone for sure and do a fair bit of damage um, so yeah I think when they say a lot of attacks I think maybe it's just the false guy saying get the hell out of the river get out of my waterway uh, the deaths are yeah they probably the larger ones did predate on humans and are now coming closer contact of people and the more they see people the more they see the dinner bell the more they're like okay you're just another animal in the jungle i am not going to discriminate between you and a rooster deer um you're just another mammal in my territory and on my menu so that's what's happening it's sad both because when these attacks happen and when humans encroach more on the territory of animals uh, even though the false garial are attacking and occasionally killing the people it's always the animal that loses at the end of the day every single time the animals then will be hunted uh, they'll be culled they'll be even if it's illegal the fishermen will go I've had enough of this and they will kill them. So every time the animal loses, regardless of how many people are killed by the animals, because it's never a uh, equal equal thing there. The humans will always kill more than uh, what the animal is. Um, like look at sharks, for example. We kill like 100 million sharks each year. Sharks kill maybe, I don't know, 12, 15 people a year. So it's always one-sided and it's never in the animal's favor um so do yourself a favor after you finish listening to this and just google 
false gargoyle and you'll see how cool they are. I remember seeing one for the first time in a zoo in Bali and I was like a kid and I was like, that is so bloody cool. That is the jungle manifesting itself in cro crocodilian form. It just looks like a jungle crocodile and it is. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, I, I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Um... And don't forget, send me in your animal stories. Please, send them in, because I love answering them. Doesn't matter what it is, but I will tell you, um, I have answered the what's your favorite animal question in the other episode. I got so many more of them sent to me. And you know what? You probably could still ask me, and it will change every week, because it does. My favorite animals change all the time. Um, they're all my favorites, let's just put it there, except for spiders. They're not my favorite. No, no, they're not. All right, everyone, have a great week. Um, and keep your eyes out for this Patreon that I'm going to be making. If you want more content, um, obviously, like I said, there will always be an episode for you free each week, always. But if you want more content, if you want to get, like, shout-out on the, on the episodes, if you want to get an extra episode, um, I will do cool things like... Uh, video chats, videos, Q&As, video hangouts uh, as a part of that Patreon, uh, depending on the tier. But don't stress out because there will always be a free episode available to you every week. Um, and the pouches should be ready probably this time uh, next week. Uh, so I'll let you know on next week's episode. But until then, have an awesome week and I'll see you next time on another adventure in Thorns Jungle or something.